Episode 216. Bonus edition, Interview with Mandy Rice. Hi, I'm Batsheva Frankel from Overthrowing Education, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educator's podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Welcome to the Always a Lesson summer interview series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. I am so excited to have today's guest, Mandy, on the podcast because I've loved following what she's doing through social media. But let me tell you a little bit more about her so you understand why I thought she would be such a help to what you're facing right now. Teach on a Mission is a company that Mandy built to help teachers build sustainable classrooms so that they can stay there longer. And after 10 years in the classroom, she's now dedicating her time to helping teachers flip their classrooms so they can confidently go through their calendar and do more than lecture and class. She is supporting AP psych teachers in her monthly coaching membership and elevating teachers as the experts in the field of education. Mandy lives outside of Cincinnati, Ohio with her husband, who is a high school principal and her three boys, all six and younger. In her free time, she's coaching her son's baseball teams, crafting in her craft room, or snuggled up with a good book. So as you can tell, Mandy is down to earth, a great mama edupreneur, educator, and I absolutely love and adore what she is doing through Teach on a Mission. I love tuning in to Facebook Lives and Instagram Lives, watching all about the flipped classroom, and especially through COVID and all the virtual learning opportunities, a flipped classroom model is something that can tremendously help students and teachers navigate this new normal. So let's tune in to our conversation. Well, hey, Mandy, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Hi, Gretchen. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited. (laughs) Well, good. I'm excited, too. We've got listeners. They're tuning in from around the world, which is super exciting. They're excited to hear your story and your current message and what you're doing in the world today. So I want to jump in to hear all about you, if you're okay with that. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's set the stage. Let's let everyone know, how did you and I even come to know each other? That's a good question, because now I'm kind of forgetting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank goodness for social media. We were able to cross paths and realize like, hey, we actually 
swim in similar circles and are trying to do similar things. And why don't we team up and try and do something together? And inviting you yeah. on the podcast is, is certainly a no brainer. So I'm so thankful you're here. Yeah, right. It's all about reaching teachers and supporting them in in the ways that we can offer our unique value and expertise, right? Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of, what are you currently doing in education? And then walk us backwards to where you started. Okay, yeah. So about a year ago, I started my business called Teach on a Mission, which you can find at teachonamission.com, all with the intention of supporting teachers by building sustainable classrooms so they can stay there longer. Mm -hmm. So what that looks like in my world now <clears throat> is that I, um, I help teachers build flipped classrooms. I help them flip their classrooms. Mm -hmm. I also give content-specific coaching in AP psychology or just psychology. That's what I taught for 10 years. Um, and then recently, I've been supporting more and more teachers so that their voices can be the louder ones as experts in education. So helping them to provide content specific coaching or um, like topic specific coaching to other teachers, right? Like if, if, if I'm a classroom teacher, I want to hear from someone else who's been in my shoes, has done it before and done it well, so that I can implement what they've done and make it work for me. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's kind of, You're uh, like this amazing connector. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. So um, I have been teaching for 10 years now. Um, I'm just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, certified 7 to 12 social studies. Um, I've taught ninth through 12th grade in various subjects, including psychology, sociology, American history. Um, what else? That's interesting yeah, to me because yeah. I didn't have a lot of those courses available to me in high school. I mean, I had them in college, but we definitely didn't have a psychology course. Like, that's pretty amazing. Right? Yeah. And I took AP psychology in high school, but it was one of the more like a very new course. Uh -huh. uh, and and we did not. And, and it also depends on your area, right? Like if you're in a smaller school, it's harder to offer those Right. those more unique classes because of numbers. But yeah, they are becoming more prevalent even in, in smaller schools. That's really fantastic. I'm wondering how that's really impacting the student body. I'm hoping that you're able to help them through some more social things they might be facing and why their brain does certain things and why they react certain ways that otherwise they wouldn't have someone helping them understand the body and, and then the environment and how those two interact. Yes, like you said it perfectly. That's exactly what it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, mm -hmm. Speaking of all these different roles that you've had in education, what would you say is like the best lesson you learned in one of your roles? I think this is one of the more recent ones that I've I've been learning. It's something that I've been feeling personally for quite some time, and it was very much amplified when I became a mother, mm. <laughs> is that... And my husband's a principal, so he and I very much talk about this quite a bit, right? Like, we like to talk shop. Right. And something that we've been talking about for quite some time is the sustainability of a teacher's job, and a principal's job for that matter, but let's talk teachers here, mm -hmm. is bonkers, <laughs> for lack of a better term, right? It's not a sustainable pace that allows a teacher to remain effective over the long haul. 
And I very much see that, and and we're already starting to, quite honestly, with a really high turnover rate and an average lifespan of five years for our teachers. I I see this as being very detrimental to our schools and our, our students that good teachers can't stay in the classroom for the long haul. And so I I felt that personally, like in my own classroom when I was teaching, like, dude, I love this. I went to college for this. I, you know, breathe, sweat and cry this, right? Like all of those intense emotions that most teachers feel passionately about their their job. Um, But I also simultaneously knew that it was not sustainable for the 35 years that my state says that I needed to be teaching. Mm. So when I started branching out and, and supporting teachers in various ways, I kept hearing that from them as well. I very much felt on an island in feeling that on in my, like personally in my classroom. So hearing other teachers say that as well helped me realize this is where I need to be focusing because that's bigger than just one subject. That's bigger than just one technique, like the flipped classroom. That is like career field big. That is, that's huge. Yes. It's a mission, right? Exactly. It's, it's where my passion lies. And so, um, kind of relating with other teachers in that way has really been my biggest, lesson, especially in the last five years or so, I would say. Well, we're talking a lot about connection and and pouring back into our field with either the knowledge you've gained being in the trenches or just the research you've been able to do and staying current uh, with what's happening. But thinking about all these teachers you're impacting, are you noticing characteristics in them that make them great? Like, is there a commonality that you're saying that's like the it factor? Um, yes and no. This kind of goes back to the question of, of do you believe teachers are born or made? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like it kind of goes back to that question. Um, yes and no. What I say to a lot of teachers who come to me when they're feeling a little self-conscious and I don't know if I can do this, I would say to them, you are here, right? Like you're talking to me because you're seeking help. Um, you are thinking about your classroom in ways on how you personally can have more impact and therefore you will. Mm. So I guess I would say that the it factor is a teacher's mindset on how effective they believe they can be. Mm-hmm. I love that. With a healthy dose of reality as well. <laughs> and that sometimes I need to bring that in, right? Like you can't control the baggage that your students bring into you. You can't control their socioeconomic levels. You can't control their test scores that they bring to your class, right? But you can be the human being, the the adult presence in their life that cares about their performance enough to look in the mirror and say, how can I, with the factors that I control, have an impact on their performance in this room. That's so really I, good. I think, That's yeah. Now, and I actually recently did a blog post about this. Um, I forget what the title of it was, but I essentially like blast, put myself on blast um, where I said, I believed that what made a teacher good was how hard they were willing to work. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what it was. It was in the teacher health series I did recently about teacher hustle. 
and how for the first few years of my career I did. It was even an interview question that I answered and I said, to me, it's about how much a teacher is willing to put in as far as time and effort on how well that then indicates how well they'll do in the classroom. And that's so not it. Hustling until you make it is not what's going to keep someone in the classroom longer. It's finding that healthy balance between knowing what you can control and how you can be effective, but also knowing what you can't control and burning yourself out. So true. And I think our culture is all about the hustle. Um, if you go yeah. to any other country, they have longer lunches or, you know, longer oh. holiday periods, shorter work days. And you come here and it's like, how early can you clock in? How late can you stay? Like you're going to push through Thanksgiving and Christmas. Awesome. You know, yeah. and it's you like, how, it, it's yeah. hard for a teacher to think differently when that's what they're surrounded by. And have been their whole lives, right? They are products of the systems that they're now working in. Mm -hmm. So it's like a double whammy of like breaking both status quos there. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. Hey y'all. I just want to take a quick second to let you know support for this episode is brought to you by power school. They know teachers go above and beyond for students, but teachers need help too, especially as they're asked to do more every day. And that's why power school now with Schoology combines SIS, LMS, and assessment technology empowering teachers with more time for what really matters. Visit www.powerschool.com slash time for teachers to find out how teachers are using technology to unlock student success. Power School, time for teachers. Well, we keep giving out some pretty awesome advice and I want to hone in on some specific listeners. We have new teachers. We have some transitioning maybe to a new role or new school. Some are in distress. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're going to lose their job. Um, and then we've got teacher leaders like you and I. So if you had to pick one of these buckets of teachers to kind of hone in, give a very specific piece of advice, who would you pick and what would you tell them? Oh, that is such a good question. I have two. Sure. But... I will go with one. Okay. <laughs> I, maybe if we have time, I can talk about two. Um, so <clears throat> the, the first one that I would talk about is probably to the newer teacher or the teacher, whether they're in a transition or not, but they're, they're struggling to find that balance between delivering the content and meaning lecturing, right? Giving the notes that direct instruction and doing the things that they want to do when they were wearing their rose colored glasses in college, mm -hmm. right? Like right. when we went to college and were dreaming about our classrooms, right. we did not dream that we were standing the entire day <laughs> talking the entire day to no one in particular, but to everyone, <laughs> right? Like that is not what we dreamt. Right. We dreamt of talking to students one-on-one -on -one or in small groups and they're engaged in the content or they're creating something, they're working on discovering this content. Um, and so I would say that there is a happy medium because especially when you're new, you're kind of scared to give up the control of, I don't want to go to completely like project or problem space because that's a lot, mm -hmm. especially when you're newer, right? And especially if you're in your high stakes class, whether that's an AP class or a state tested course, mm -hmm. I would even advise that you don't give up complete control of content delivery to just problem or project space or just, you know, discovery. 
but I do believe that there's a happy medium for me and for hundreds of teachers that I've helped. It's the flipped classroom. And that by no means is a silver bullet. I don't believe that that even exists. But it is a technique that is more than just a technique. It changes so many levels of what you do, your role, the role of your student and your classroom, so that you're, like I said, finding that happy medium between you're still delivering the content and having that, what is a rather personal connection with your students, but you're freeing up so much class time so that you can dive deeper into the content. So you can go farther up Bloom's taxonomy and analyze and synthesize and do all of those other activities and projects and things that you dreamt about, right? That you visualized when you, when you thought of your dream classroom. Right. So that's probably the, the first one that I would say. The second area that I would say is, it would be for the same group, probably newer teachers, meaning teachers that are new to a specific content area or are transitioning to a new content area. So a lot of times I think of middle school or high school teachers because I'm, I'm certified in integrated social studies. That means that I could teach eight plus different courses that all have nothing to do with each other. Mm -hmm. And my school could switch that on a dime and every single year. And that's what I'm kind of getting at when I say that, you know, these, the status quo of what we're seeing here is not sustainable when we're switching what a teacher teaches every single year. But it's also not something that we can just change, right? Like right. kids need to be taught, they're taking certain classes, so teachers need to be able to teach different things. But I do believe there's ways that we can authentically support teachers in those new courses. And that's why I'm both building content-specific coaching and helping other teachers become those experts in those areas so that teachers are speaking to teachers. So, good. so that classroom teachers are experts for classroom teachers and not really not anyone else, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think you're coming from a place down the road that's basically telling them, red flag, red flag, like, let me help prepare you for what's to come. Um, so yes. I think it's certainly very helpful. And we've been focusing so much on this conversation with you being the mentor, but let's flip the script and, and talk about who is your mentor? Who do you go to, to fill your cup or to get ideas or to keep pushing boundaries? That's a good one. I um, can share a little story about that one. So Two years ago, mm -hmm, I was pregnant with our third and took an extended maternity leave and honestly wasn't sure if I was going to go back to the classroom. And um, I wasn't on Instagram yet. That sounds really silly and totally, totally not connected, but it totally is, I promise. <laughs> and so I just started exploring on Instagram and found the teacher community that is on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it is palpable the impact that it is, that it has. I mean, it is like nothing I had ever seen at the time. And I was able to make connections with other teachers across the country, teaching nothing I would ever teach, and yet I was inspired by them. Um, and so I don't want to answer answer your question with Instagram because that's not really true. <laughs> um, but it is true to the extent that finding your 
your teacher tribe is possible outside of your building. And that kind of relates to what I was talking about with um, content coaching and finding a teacher expert that can really act as your mentor would be really huge and that they don't have to be in your building. Um, and the, just the connections that I've made there have been, have been really huge just so that I can give you some names, some other ones more recently, more in the, um, not necessarily education specific, but when it comes to business and growing something that can really add value to the people that you're trying to work with would be like an Amy Porterfield. Um, she's someone that I look up to not just because she knows a lot about business, but really how she handles herself. Um, when it comes to speaking value into the lives of people that she's helping and really looking at it that way. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And she's such an, an amazing educator. I almost wish she was a teacher because the way she communicates her message and in essence teaches you business strategies is breaking it down step by step, just like a teacher does, but she hooks you in with real stories, just like a great teacher does. And she yes. speaks to you in such like a gentle calm, encouraging way, which is what a great teacher does. So I certainly look up to her and think, man, you need to get in the classroom. Like you are such a good teacher. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I'm sure she would say you're bonkers. That is never going to happen. I know. I know. She's doing so well. You're totally, I totally agree. Totally agree. (laughs) No, it wasn't Instagram for me, but it was Twitter. Twitter chats were where I found my tribe and got out of the four walls of my classroom and school and even the own district. So I completely understand going to an online platform and opening your eyes to all these people who love what they do. So there's like this lack of creativity and they're so creative and they take your ideas to the next level and to watch them teach different types of kids in different cities gives you a well-rounded perspective. So you don't think, Oh, "Oh, everyone operates like my school in my district, you know? So it is just so great. Yeah. You're spot on there. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Is there anything you do in terms of, like researching to just know what's new. I mean, I know flipped learning is totally your thing, but is there anything Mm -hmm. that you do to, you know, read scholarly articles or do you basically just connect with other folks that um, know a little bit more about certain subjects that you're learning? I do love to connect with people. um, And that then like leads me to the articles that I'm reading or the, I'm, I'm a big advocate of like downloading an audiobook or listening on a podcast, that kind of thing. Um, as a mother of three young boys, six and under, Ooh. listening to things is a little more doable, whether that's in the car or on a walk or whatever that looks like. Um, and so, yeah, to answer your question, I do like connecting to people and then asking them, okay, where where did you learn more about this? Mm-hmm. So you are whether a very that's like flexible learner. Like you- you don't have like a, a go-to person or a go-to method. You're just out there like, hey, what can I try and, and where can I get it? And I'm willing to do new things to figure it out. Now that you're saying that out loud, that makes total sense. Because you, especially in my classroom, that's exactly what I did and thought, okay, what what's a problem that I have? And I wouldn't even necessarily Google that problem. I would start thinking, okay, what could be a solution here? And start then researching those solutions. So for instance, the flipped classroom, I had 
it was, I remember in my second year of teaching having this like aha moment where I thought, whoa, I am working so much harder than my students and I'm not the one taking this test. Right. <laughs> and then they get all butthurt about the fact that I, you know, assign this or that I don't grade that. And, you know, they're just, they're, the culture and the atmosphere of my classroom also was not where I wanted it to be. And so I took a summer, I attended various conferences, I read different books and just did some research to find how can I increase student accountability in my room while providing more time to do something different than just lecture. Mm. And that's what landed me on the flip classroom. So awesome. In terms of teaching, um, would you say you have like an all-star moment as a teacher where things were just perfection, whether it was on your end or a student's end? And the reason I ask this is just to give you the opportunity to share a success story so that others can emulate or give it a try, you know, beg, borrow, and steal an idea. So don't be shy in sharing any victories you have. Yeah. Don't be shy about bragging, right? (laughs) Um, so what I would say, and I, I like to give a number to it because in psychology, which is what I taught for 10 years, um, we're very number oriented. So when I flipped my classroom and really anytime you make a big change like that, you want to know if it's effective, right? And you really should have the data that shows you that that is the case. And I remember my first year doing that meaning doing a full flip of my classroom and thinking to myself, oh my gosh, my students are going to resist this so much. No one else in the building is doing it. It's really not a thing in this like region yet. Um, And I was just kind of nervous about it, but I went through, I did it. I did it for a full year. I thought I'm going to give this a chance. I'm going to measure my data and see how it goes. In one year, my students' test scores increased nine percentage points. Oh, wow. And I'm sure that there are other factors that we could say impact that. But even if it were five points, right, like give four points to something else, (laughs) human (laughs) error, it's still five points, right? And so that got me really thinking about, okay, what is it that's working so well? And what I came to realize and what I now tell teachers when they're asking me about this, I call it the 99% advantage of flipping, which is that because my direct instruction, my lectures are on video, 99% of my students, because there's always that one kid, right? Mm, Like there's always that you'll never be able to reach. 99% of my students are receiving the content from me are receiving 99% of the content from me. So let me put it to you this way. In a traditional classroom where the teacher delivers the content in class, she has absent kids, right? Uh Of course we do. We all do. And the next day, the absent student comes back, says, hey, what do we do? Oh, we took notes. Maybe get with your teammate or your partner and get the notes from them. And all they do is they take that person's paper and they copy it verbatim. Right. Right. It's very surface level. I always told my students, I'm you know, I see that you're practicing your ABCs by copying (laughs) down what they wrote. But, you know, you're better than that. 
Um, and so in the traditional class, but that's all you really could do, right? Because you don't have time to go back over all of that with them. We're, you know, barreling forward. Well, in the flipped classroom, and I advocated this with my students, I taught them this, is that even when you're absent, unless you're super ill, which totally happens too, you could stay up to date with what we're doing in class because you can watch the videos at home and have them ready to go when you come back to class as if you've never missed anything. Yeah. So 99% of my students get 99% of the content. And I don't think you can say that about a traditional non-blended or non-flipped classroom. Oh, I 100% agree. And with everything now with the coronavirus, I'm thinking to myself, this might be a reality very soon. And sadly, yes. I don't know if anyone's prepared or ready. So in thinking about all your work with Flip Classroom, do you have advice for how to get started or, you know, set up systems and processes to get their feet wet? Yes, this is such a good question because actually like an hour, two hours ago, I went live on my Facebook page and that's exactly what I talked about for 30 minutes was responding to school closures with an accessible classroom. Um, and so I totally invite all of your listeners to go and check that out. It's on Facebook. It's just teach on a mission. Okay. And the Facebook live is called responding to school closures with an accessible classroom. And so what I talk about is there is no way that you can build an online course with a day to a week's notice because of this, you know, chaotic situation we find ourselves in. But you can make your classroom more accessible. And so in that live, I go through the ways to really get started in doing that without totally draining yourself in the process, but also thinking of ways that you can hold students accountable. Um, and I also throw in some mindset there that, you know, make sure your expectations aren't too high, even if your administrative, like your administration's expectations are too high please know that you can't build an online course in a week. Yeah, You just can't, but you can make your classroom more accessible. I like the way you phrase that. So it's setting the expectation that there are things you can do, but please um, be cognizant of the fact that this is a, a lengthy process that, um, yes. you know, don't expect that you're going to be able to have this all said and done and have it be effective and ready and whatnot. So I think, the way that yes. you, you did it in an encouraging way of here are some other things you can do is certainly like, okay, maybe I can handle this. Yeah. So one of the, um, well, first let me go back to what I was thinking there is that also a mindset thing being you can't replicate the atmosphere and culture of your classroom in the four walls of your classroom. Yeah. You, you just can't. So that's kind of another keeping realistic expectations as well. But um, what I, told teachers in this live, and again, I, I would encourage them to check it out, is that video, although, duh, it's like a great way to learn anything, right? Like anytime you want to learn something, even as an adult, you want to learn a new way to, I don't know, do your eyeshadow or a new like way to paint the walls or something, you go to YouTube, right? You watch a tutorial. Um, but what I say, or what I said in the live today was that it also adds an incredibly personal touch to making your classroom accessible to your students 
And that is really cool, especially in this rather chaotic response that we're having to have to to school closures. Um, so I advocate to teachers and I encourage them to be brave and actually make their own video and have their face on the video, even if it's just a little bubble over in the side. Mm -hmm. And you can do that with free resources, a free tool online like Screencast-O-Matic. Yeah, I use that. Yeah, right. Like, so it, it's, it's there. It's doable. Be brave. You can do it. And your face, your voice can be a very centering one for your students when this is, it's kind of stressful yeah. for them too. It's certainly comforting. I like what you're saying there. Um, you did bring up Teach on a Mission. So let's talk about that. I know you've got like conferences and workshops and memberships. Like, tell us all the things mm -hmm. that you offer for teachers and why you got started doing that? Yeah, definitely. So um, a really specific area <laughs> that probably not very many of your listeners will um, <laughs> relate to is um, content coaching for AP psychology teachers. So I have a monthly membership where I'm providing them all of my resources, not just the ones available on Teachers Be Teachers, but even more than that as well as um, content coaching. So helping them feel confident in the content because it's very specific and very unique. Um, and, you know, we do live Q&A sessions. We do expert interviews. I um, interview a member once a month to give them kind of a, an hour-long coaching session that everyone can benefit from. So, and that's, that is such a cool environment and is what I'm trying to help other teachers build. Okay. So like, even if someone listening right now feels that they are an expert in a certain course or um, subject or grade level, whatever, I would love to help them build that membership. Um, I'm actually going to be doing um, an online conference here at the end of March, all about doing that. Um, you can look it up if you like. It's um, called Spring Fling. Basic Girl Teaches on Instagram. She puts it on. Okay. And I'm it's totally free to register um, and attend that. It's the last weekend in March, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's just a, I made a 15, well, I guess it's about 20 minute video that explains how I built my membership. And if any other teachers want to implement that, I would love to help them do it. Um, so that's kind of a newer, as in helping other teachers be the experts and build those memberships. That's a newer side to teach on a mission. Um, but really the bread and butter, the, where my passion really lies right now is with the flipped classroom, as you've probably gathered by this yeah. point. <laughs> uh, yeah. In late May of last year, and then again, coming up in a couple months of this year, I'm launching my online course called Flip Classroom Formula, Yay. which is, yeah, I'm super excited. It'll be the third time I launch, but only the second time this time of year, which I think is more ideal for teachers because they know what they're teaching next year, right? And they have the summer to um, put in reasonable hours while still getting a break, right? Because right? that's what it's all about. Um, and feeling like they're ready to go for, for the school year. So it's a 10-week course with six modules where I help teachers step-by-step step in the process from A to Z in flipping their classrooms so that when they make this big change, because it is a big change, right? So that when they make this big change in the first year that they've implemented their first their flipped classroom, 
their students aren't like the sacrificial lambs of their big change, right? Like every time we make a big change like this in our classrooms, the first year is like awful. And it's, and we even say it out loud to our students, I'm learning too. You guys are like my guinea pigs. We're going to make it better as we go, which that's great. Like learn by fire, go. (laughs) However, I'd like to think that there could be a better way And that's by learning from other teachers who have done it. And so this is an area where I feel like I really can lend some expertise, right? We're no shame in bragging for a hot second. Um, In making sure that teachers aren't super stressed about a DIY flip classroom so that they feel like they're doing it right the first time and that they're reaching the goals that they have for their flipped classroom, which include not not feeling exhausted at the end of every day, not feeling like they work harder than their students, that their students are engaged and accountable for their learning, um, and that their their classroom culture is one that they dreamt about in college, right? And that it, it truly is student-centered and students are talking more than their teacher and they're asking questions and they're getting messy in the learning process all in a safe environment that the teacher built for them because of their flipped classroom. This is so amazing. Oh, I'm glad you think so. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> Starting next week, I'm doing like the the runway. There right? you go. Yes. Runway leading up to the course on my blog at teachonamission.com. Um, I'm starting next week with my first post, which is what is the flipped classroom? Ooh. Pretty foundational question, right? Well, I think it <laughs> so, sets the stage for what's to come. So it's so necessary. Yeah. And I give some stories. Um, I try to be um, kind of relatable for teachers in a story from a student's lens, a teacher's lens, and a classroom lens, which is kind of, you know, unique, yeah. about before the flipped classroom. And then I do a little play on words with a flipped script. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> when the flipped classroom comes into play. So folks will have to pay attention for that one. That is, that's so great. Um, in terms of what's to come, I'll give you a second and a moment to kind of give us all the details of connecting with you and everything you've mentioned. I'm going to make sure I put in the show notes, but before we even get there, I just want to ask you one more question that I think is so helpful to teachers that sometimes wean and wane in their career. And that is how do you reignite your passion and your potential as an educator? I love this question because it's so important. And I have two two things that I relied on all 10 years that I've been in the classroom. One is if you see a conference you want to go to or if your administrators offer that you go to a conference, you go. <laughs> you do everything in your power to go. There is something about being around teachers, right, your people, Um, Whether they teach what you teach or not, they just simply educate smaller human beings. Um, There's just something about that atmosphere that is so refreshing and really does, I like the way you put it, reignite the passion that you've always had. Um, And so that would be one. And there's, it's really cool if you're looking on, uh, uh, there's a lot of things that you'll see on social media, but there's a lot of 
online summits and conferences that right. you can attend. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know that it gives at a mu- as much of an experience, but it's a little more obtainable. So I would definitely advocate for taking advantage of those. Okay. And then the second one is not necessarily to attend a conference or anything like that, but to think of somewhere outside of your job to advance yourself personally, whether that's a hobby or you start listening to podcasts that have nothing to do with teaching or you try a new workout program or like I said, you pick up a new hobby, right? Like the next one that I'm going to do is I'm going to start learning how to play the piano. Um, I would advocate that everyone do this, but especially teachers, because you're learning, right? right? You are learning in that process and you're modeling to your students what it is to be a lifelong learner, but you're also learning about the process of learning and doing so. Mm-hmm. And that to me, it really re- reignites my passion for teaching more than just the content, but I'm, I'm teaching human beings And there's more to life than just this subject. And so it also makes me a little more relatable for students, too, that I have, you know, a personal life that is kind of (laughs) cool. If that makes sense. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay. Tell us how to connect with you. What social media platforms are you on? Remind us of your website or your email. Just give us all the details. Yeah, definitely. So my website is teachonamission.com. And so if you go to teachonamission.com slash blog, that's where you'll find my blog, which is where every single week I'm putting out new and free information that I hope that teachers find valuable. Next week is going to be what is the flip classroom. Um, The last three weeks, and I don't know when you'll publish this, but this is March that we're talking. And um, I did a how-to series. So I made video tutorials that, that teachers can grab. Um, and when they go to that website, they can even grab my free ultimate flip classroom starter kit, which is a PDF that I'm currently updating. It'll be done here in the next like day or so. Um, and it's, it's a rather lengthy, but useful, I believe PDF that helps teachers consider first, what is the flip classroom? Second, is it really right for me? Is it a good fit for, for me, my students in my classroom? And then I give you ways to further connect to find out ways to get to get started. Um, so yeah, I would totally advocate check that out. Ultimate uh, Flip Classroom Starter Kit. Um, I'm on Instagram. That's probably my number one, well, my most liked social <laughs> media platform. Um, but I'm also on Facebook. Both are Teach on a Mission. I'm on LinkedIn as well, which I'm learning more and more about. It's a newer one for me. Um, so yeah, you can find me on there. I also have a YouTube channel that I'm I'm gonna try to be putting more teacher specific videos on. You can just search my name, Mandy Rice. Um, yeah, and if anybody has any uh, more direct questions, they can direct message me on any of those platforms, but also email me at Mandy M A N D Y at teachonamission.com, and I would love to chat. Awesome. That this has been such a great discussion. But more importantly, kind of pushes us outside our comfort zone to try something new, especially with everything that's happening right now with the health crisis. So I am so thankful to have you on and appreciate you sharing your story and your advice and definitely all this wealth of knowledge you're willing to give if folks take it a step further and connect with you. 
yeah, and I appreciate you giving me that that opportunity. That's really awesome. Of course. Well, thank you again and hope you have a good evening. Yes, you too. Thanks so much. All right. I know I promised you this conversation would not disappoint. Mandy brought the fire. Mandy brought all the things necessary for you to start thinking through how a flipped classroom model can benefit your students, allow you to remain creative, all those thoughts that you dreamed up when you were becoming a teacher, how you can still become those things and serve your students in the way your district or your state requires. I loved our conversation about reaching teachers with our own unique value and expertise that makes us feel like we still have that independence and the freedom to be who it is we want to become as educators, and she couldn't be more right on with that. I also love talking teacher support and development to increase the longevity of a teacher's career. That is certainly why I feel like our best and brightest leave the field of education because they're not supported and encouraged and help develop their strengths so that they can remain happy and healthy while doing something that comes naturally easy to them, which is educating children. Uh, But most importantly, I really loved our conversation all around the flipped classroom model. So please take advantage of connecting with Mandy. She is very active on social media, helping teachers learn how to do this. Even though she might teach students older than what you teach, her model of instruction works for students of all ages. So be sure to follow what she's doing, implement her ideas, suggestions, and strategies, and just watch your classroom transform, whether it's virtually or in person. Mandy, if you're listening, thank you so much for being a guest here. I truly appreciate all that you are willing to share. And of course, I love chatting with you on social media. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Mandy Rice. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered.